0: Good morning, hey. Marilyn. Hello, Owen, how are you? I'm very good this morning. It was a little bit cold, but it's oh, great it's... now. Yeah. Perfect temperature to praise God.
1: We're warmed up now. So do you want to come in, find a seat, stand to your feet, stomp a little bit, get the frost off your toes. I'm
0: going to clap warm our fingers up. And we're going to praise our God. Yeah, come on.
1: Because he is worth it. Amen. There's a few people away from the long weekend. Yeah. So come forward.
0: Uh, Here come our dancers. Dancing team. Why don't we welcome the kids. Put your hands together. Come on, let's welcome the kids. Welcome kids. church let's lift a shout of praise in this place come on come on let's lift a shout of praise there's more there's more come on there's more thank you lord praise you lord thank you lord
2: all right welcome to church that's my job but you didn't think i was coming did you (laughs) my hands full. Good morning, how are you doing? Ooh. You're the hardy souls that have stayed in the city for the weekend, eh? Everyone else has gone away on holiday. Good on you. Good on you. Well, we're going to have a great time together. I'm expecting that God is in the house, which means anything could happen really, doesn't it? Yeah? No? Yeah? Fantastic. Well it's awesome this morning, if you are visiting with us, welcome, great to have you here. Can I uh, encourage you if you're visiting for today, as you leave the building at the end, funny eh, I'm welcoming you and telling you what to do at the end at the same time, but as you leave at the end, just out to the right of the doors are some bags there and there'll be someone there to uh, tell you about who we are as a church and where we're heading and I encourage you to um, just make the most of that opportunity on the way out. It'll be really good. Mitch, can we welcome our guests this morning, please? Thank you. It is also really really nice this morning to have the burdens with us all the way back from Belgium. Lovely to have you guys home. Really nice. Next weekend we are going to celebrate them being back properly. And um and Hopefully they're going to talk and tell us about what's going on and all that kind of stuff. But it's fantastic to have you guys with us today as well. So, welcome. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Gems. Gems. Oh, Gems. Birthday. Gems. Is it today? It's not today, is it? Yesterday. Fantastic. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Any wedding anniversaries this week? Birthday. Fantastic. Fantastic. Are there any... There's no wedding anniversaries. I bought some books today, especially to give to people having wedding anniversaries, and there's been none. Who needs... uh, The book is uh, Bulletproof Your Marriage by... Margaret McCracken. It's an outstanding book. Who would like one? The front front rows. Just wait, just wait. Anyone down the back? Over this way. There you go. There you go. Okay, let's pray for these awesome... uh, Jump up on your feet if you haven't. You are. That's great. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor prosperity and protection over them this year activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus name amen happy birthday guys well hopefully as you came in this morning you got a couple of postcards highlighting two of our areas of mission in India, North India and South India. Well, actually Pastor Kelly and Kumar and Jess, they are in Chennai and Andhra Pradesh and Bihar. They're all around the place. And then we've got Sarinda and Reshma and the team in the Punjab. There's some prayer points on the back there that um, you can pray for them. Make sure you get these would be great. Also, our faith promise giving. Next week, we'll tell you how we're doing that all right but I can tell you we're doing pretty good but next week we'll tell you how we're doing so so far we have 110 cards come in now that is a fantastic start uh, because a card could represent a family you know so like in our case a card is a family so it's 110 but we need 200 cards to come in and that'll tell me that most of us are involved and for me Global mission is not about necessarily how much you can sow into it financially, but it is about all of us being involved together. And uh, this is something that we do as a church, Activate Church, Global Mission. Well, Every person needs to be involved. If this is your home, if you call Activate Church home, you need to be involved with Global Mission. I did the numbers, simple as $5 a week per head, child and adult, we would get our total we would reach our total it's $250 a year for every person we would be over our total actually and for some of us that would be insultingly small amount others it might be a little bit of stretch and that's okay it's not about how much you can do but please be involved so if you get these cards are in front of your seats in the seat pockets if you can take your card fill it out and then put it in one of the brown boxes at the door that would be fantastic and next week we'll let you know how we've gone also, Jen, do you want to tell us about the, the girls' afternoon tea?
1: Yeah, good morning. Ladies, we've got an afternoon tea coming up this Saturday, so you do need to get your, your tickets today, please. So if you go to the Hub after our gathering, grab your tickets. It's uh, 2.30 on Saturday. We've got Helen Gwynne coming. She is a professional image consultant and she's gonna be sharing with us lots of tips. Um, One of them is 40 outfits, get 40 outfits out of 12 garments. So my mind thinks, hmm, so if we have 24 garments, how many outfits can we get? So let's not limit ourselves, eh, ladies? (laughs) So she's gonna give us all sorts of tips. It's gonna be a great afternoon, so grab your tickets after the gathering. If you do forget, then just email the office Um, Please, by tomorrow, though, because we do need to get numbers into the caterers and email the office and you can reserve your tickets.
2: That's great. I quite enjoyed last week when Ray was talking about the wardrobe space and he was trying to walk very carefully, but I was feeling you. I was feeling you. Our wardrobe I've got like there and Jan's got like there. And even then, I'm struggling to get my space, you know? It's like I can't even have a full shelf to myself. It's like half the shelf, Sheridan. It's a tough life, tough life. So I'm all in for this. As long as it doesn't mean, what is it? 12 new garments. <laughs> Very good. Um, also, we've got School of the Spirit, 1st and 2nd of July, it's gonna be outstanding. First and first serve. It's coming up. There are limited numbers. Once the numbers are filled, that's it. It's not only us. It's the other Activate Churches involved as well. So um, as soon as the numbers are, and we're actually partnering with um, Phil and Kathy Strong and Te Mudo as well. And you'll need to keep an eye out for what we're going to do on the Sunday morning, um, which is the 3rd of July, I think because we're gonna do something different because uh, Helen Calder's coming from Melbourne. And I said to Phil, why don't we both change what we do in the morning so that we can both have her in the morning. So we're just not sure how we're gonna work it yet, but it will be different. So keep your eye out for that. But uh, sign up, first and first serve. Well, kids, you can go. Have an awesome time. Thank you, teachers, leaders. Fantastic. Thank you, Lance <clears throat> Well, can the host team can you please start to distribute the communion emblems? Would be great. I want to read from John chapter 6 this morning. If you'd like to follow along, starting at verse 47. John chapter six, verse 47. I tell you the truth. These are red letters, Jesus speaking. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread, which I will also offer to the world, sorry, which I will offer so which I will offer so the world may live in my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood "'remains in me and I in him. "'I live because of the living Father who sent me. "'In the same way, anyone who feeds on me "'will live because of me. "'I am the true bread that came down from heaven. "'Anyone who eats this bread "'will not die as your ancestors did, "'even though they ate the manna, "'but will live forever.'" And what Jesus is saying there is, as we receive Him in totality, His divinity, His humanity, as we put our faith, as we put our hope, as we put our trust in Him, as we eternal, internalize, believe, take on board who He is, He is the bread of life. Through Him we receive eternal life and only through Him. So this morning, that's not saying that literally, you know, his, his body is in the bread and his blood is in the juice. It's not saying that, it's saying as we take hold of him in completeness and believe in him and put our faith and our trust in him, we will receive eternal life. And this morning, that's what we're doing is we celebrate communion. We're celebrating that it was Jesus that came, that died on the cross, sent by the Father, risen from the dead three days later, Victorious over sin and death, making it possible for us to have relationship with God again, and that as we put our faith in Him, our eternity is secure. It's a nice crackly sound, isn't it? Our eternity is secure. All things are secure in Him. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you came. I thank you that you were obedient to your Father that you went through with what must have been an incredibly difficult plan. You paid for our relationship with the Father, with your very life. You took the weight of the world, the sin of the world on your shoulders. You took it on board. And because of that, and because of your resurrection, we can now live with incredible hope We can live not only with hope in this world, but with our eye and our certainty on eternity. So this morning as we eat the bread or the cracker representing your body and as we drink the juice, we say thank you. Thank you so much for all that you've done and for who you are. And that we can come to you so freely and so easily. And by receiving these emblems today, Lord, again, we say afresh in our hearts that we choose you. We choose to do life your way. We choose to follow you. We choose to accept your gift. And we do so with incredibly grateful hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you take the cracker and the juice this morning.
0: E Lord you are enough you're enough for us Lord thank you for your grace and mercy Lord and we receive it this morning
2: in this place can we take a moment before we move on why don't you close your eyes this morning come on let's turn our eyes to Jesus the author, the finisher of our faith. Let's turn our eyes to Him. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4 that if we draw near to Him, He'll draw near to us. It goes on and it says some stuff after that about humbling ourselves. To become aware of his presence in this place this morning. He's in you, he's on you, he feels the atmosphere that we're in this morning. So grateful that you make yourself known to us. Uh, We choose to engage with you we choose to open our hearts our spirits to you today I encourage you to keep yourself open to him I can see things falling off people just as you stand before him open dropping off, melting off. sickness in your body why don't you come down the front now and just let us stand with you maybe you need to stand in for someone this morning I'm going to pray for Geneva Hall in a moment she's in hospital bit of a mystery what's going on there but God is the answer some leaders, come down and stand with these people. Come on, let's release healing in Jesus' name. Keep your focus on Jesus. Don't worry about what else is happening. Let's keep your focus on Jesus. front here. Your job is to relax and let Jesus minister to you. Your hand up if you've got someone in your family who's not well at the moment. Yes, hold your hand up. Great. Fantastic. Keep your hand up. Let's pray. Church, can we all pray together? Come on, let's release the healing power of God for anyone who's got their hand in the air this morning, for the person in their family. Thank you, Father, that the people don't have to be in the room to experience your healing touch. Thank you that you're bigger than that. Father, I lift every person represented to you this morning by a hand held high. And Father, I hold my hand up for Geneva this morning. We declare healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we bind the work of the devil. He has no right to touch your people. He has no right to inflict sickness on your people. You paid for that. You paid for health in full. You paid for healing in full. So this morning we release the healing power of God in Jesus' name over every person that's asking for it this morning over every person that is asking for you to step into their situation we release the healing power of God in Jesus name Father for Geneva I declare her blood to be as it should be in Jesus name as it should be completely well in the name of Jesus devil you have no right we remind you of that No right. Get off the tooth that Jesus has paid for. Let healing come in Jesus' name. Be completely well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Keep Keep our hearts open before him this morning. Don't go through the motions. Don't go through the motions this morning because I believe with all my heart that Jesus wants to encounter us by his Holy Spirit. He wants to touch our lives. He wants to speak to us. Wants to pour his goodness out on us. And you know we can be in the environment, we can miss it completely. Just keep our hearts open.
0: Shout your name, it
3: is great, King of all, King of all, Lord, you reign, have your way, hear my
0: heart, hear my heart, shout your name, shout your, name. Shout your, name. Shout your Let's sing that this morning. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is
3: finished.
0: It is finished. It is finished. It is
3: finished.
4: the incredible gift, the incredible privilege it is to know Jesus who gave His life, He gave His every breath. Lord, on Your very last, Your very last breath, it is finished. Lord, I thank You because of that it has started for us. Lord, new life has started, new hope, new joy, new expectancy. Lord new hope with every breath we take Father I thank you for your Holy Spirit the breath of heaven that fills our lungs our spirits that we can soar with you Lord knowing that you'll never leave us knowing that you're with us every step of the way Lord wants to encourage some of us particularly this morning with this fact with this truth that the Lord is with you, and He will never leave you, nor will He forsake you. He has promised. He is with you. Isn't that good news? Man, that is good news. There's a lot of other things in this world that try and compete, but knowing that God is with us, He is bigger than anything. You know, I used to say to kids at school, my dad's bigger than your dad. My dad could beat your dad in a fight until one time one can say, well, that's nothing. My mum can beat my dad. <laughs> but nobody can beat the Lord. He, he's he got the biggest muscles in the universe. He really, really has. So um, that's cool. Why don't you take a seat? Talking about muscles. Did I, did I tell you I went into a Mr. Muscles competition? Did I tell you that? It's true, Kristen. I did. I, I went into a Mr. Muscles competition. Because back in the day, I had... Pretty good guns. <laughs> you don't believe me, do you? <laughs> I can tell you don't believe me at all. Okay, I was only ten years old, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> I was in this competition at Mount Monganui on holiday. We used to holiday there, and so I went into this Mr. Mr. Muscle Man. It was it wasn't called Mr. Universe. It was Mr. M- uh, Mount M- Mount Manganui. and they had this kids' competition, and up we there. Strutting our other stuff, and, and I won, and I felt really good about that. <laughs> you don't look very impressed. <laughs> it's true, I did. I felt really, really good. Well, last week, I was, um, who can remember what Grant McAllister did for us? He, he told stories. He did some drawings on the board. I thought he did very good, and, and, and before I start, but as Pastor Sheridan said, Andy and Karen, welcome to you and your family. It's wonderful to have you back, yeah. Really cool. Wonderful. I I don't know what the weather's like. I guess it's a lot warmer than what it is here right at the moment. Yeah, like not minus one or whatever it was. The first frost of the day, I think, but yeah. Anyway, I'm going to draw a picture. I'm going to follow on from Grant's um, lead last week where he was drawing some pictures for us. I thought he did quite well. You can, uh, I've, I've sort of, Sheridan knows this, I'm quite a competitive person and so Hopefully my drawings will be better than Grant's, but <laughs> Sheridan knows what they look like from last <laughs> gathering, and I don't think they will be, but yeah. so, um, but here we go, there's just a few straight lines, so um, who can guess what these two straight lines might be? A road, somebody says a road, do I have anything more? Did somebody say train tracks? <laughs> train tracks it is, so... Very good. So I'm doing pretty well on the drawing stakes at the moment. Thank you, Ian. I really appreciate your encouragement, particularly when nobody else will give it to me. <laughs> do you know, I, I, I've worked out, do you know who needs encouragement? You do. i tell you this, this is the test. This is the litmus test for encouragement. If anybody's breathing, they need it. How's that? If anybody is breathing, they need encouragement. We all need the fresh wind of some nice words, not as flattery but as encouragement to lift us and see us reach all that God has for us. So if you have your Bibles, can you turn to um, Philippians chapter 3? Philippians chapter 3. And it starts off, and um, just remember Paul has been in prison now for two years, Uh, In Rome, he was previously in prison in Caesarea, and uh, he's changed up to a guard uh, 24 hours a day. Um, In in, in Rome, where he was, the the guards, they reckon they had about 10,000 elite imperial palace guards. Uh, These were the Caesar's elite guards, and they were watching over Paul, bound to Paul. And of course, paul guess what Paul was doing? He was sharing the gospel. And there was a bit of a revival that broke out in, in Rome because Paul was doing this. But also he wrote these letters. He wrote a letter to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, uh, to Philemon, and he wrote this letter to the Philippians. And uh, as I've said before, the, the theme of this, um, this book is joy, rejoice in the Lord. And Paul starts out by saying these words in Philippians 3 verse 1, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice. So um, let's pick it up, and we'll, we'll read down a few verses. So Philippians 3, verse 1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs. It's pretty strong language, isn't it? Those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though if I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, in, uh, in, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more, and he goes on to say. So Paul starts off, whatever happens. Um, you can look at that negatively, and you can look at it positively, whatever happens. Some of us for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, I don't think for 90 years ago, had something amazing that had happened. We were born. Isn't that amazing? Don't look so surprised. It's true. You were born at some stage in your life. And, um, you yeah, at the start. And you've got this incredible destiny ahead of you. You really, really have. And the thing is, you were born as an original there is nobody like you. Isn't that good? There is no one like you, and there's no one like me. And you go, praise the Lord for that. But we're all originals. But the thing is, we're all born originals, but too many die copies. Not happening with the groove that God has placed us in. So whatever happens, here's the thing. You've been born. Rejoice in the uniqueness that God has made you in. It's special. It's unique. It's you. I think of Mahala Dali, who's, you know, sadly passed away, but he was a unique character, whether you loved him or hated him. I mean, you know, I can dance like a butterfly and sting like a bee, you know, and in a way, he was unique. He was in his groove. Our church is an original. We are not trying to copy a church down the road. We're not. Now, if there are similarities, great, but it's not the sense of trying to copy and God has called us to be unique in who we are. So can I say, whatever happens, be who you are. Be who God has made you to be, the unique, special person that God has called you to be. Keep to your lane. Keep in the... I was going to make a rhyme out of that, but I won't go there because it's probably not too good right at the moment. But keep to the lane that God has called you to be in. You know, we're all gifted differently. We're all made uniquely So whatever happens, be an original. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, be an original. Be an original. Whatever happens. Thank you, Lance. What about this? Whatever happens, be an innovator. What about that? Whatever happens, be on the front foot. Whatever happens, take up the possibilities that God has for you that nobody has yet discovered, why not be an initiator, an innovator, a risk taker? Why not? Whatever happens, be that. Be a person's on the front foot and going, yep, Lord, I'm going to step into all that you have for me so I can be what you have for me. And that's true for us as a church. It really, really is. But Paul goes on and says, watch out for those dogs. In Israel, I don't know... Um, if people have been in in parts of Asia and and in the islands, when you go to bed at night, there can be lots of wild dogs that are barking and snapping around. Do you know what I mean? Yep, so they get very, very rowdy. It's a derogatory term, and Paul is talking about a group of people he calls legalistic. And basically what a legalist says, these people are saying that you must be circumcised to be saved, is, here it goes, nothing, can you read that okay? Nothing goes unless I say so. That's what a legalist does. So in these days, to be a Jew meant you needed to be circumcised if you are a male, obviously. And it was more than just being circumcised. It was part of Jewish identity. To be a Jew, to be a Hebrew, you needed to be circumcised, and if you weren't, you weren't considered saved. And Paul has such an encounter with God that he says you don't need to be circumcised. We're circumcised of the heart. Our heart is responsive to God. It's not what's outwardly happened. It's an inward change. And the legalists say you must be circumcised, and legalism is really, really nasty because it creates in the hearts of those that are subject to it is fear. I'll give you some examples. In 1633, Galileo made the statement, the earth goes round the sun. The earth goes round the sun. Some before him said the earth is round and not flat. And at the time, the, the church was legalistic in its approach and said, that's wrong. The earth is the center of the universe and Galileo said, "No, it's not. The sun is the center of our solar system." So he was locked up. He was imprisoned for the rest of his life because of a legalistic attitude that was placed before him. Um, many years ago, Wendy um, and her or Wendy's mum, who's an absolutely phenomenal believer, um, was part of a group uh, in Marston, I think it was, darling. we Featherston. Featherstone, got to get this right, the facts right here. It's in Featherston, which is near Masterton. So her mum was part of a group of believers, and uh, these women um, that Wendy's mum attended to this group, uh, Wendy's mum found out were quite legalistic, and it appeared to be fine at the beginning, but as they went along, these ladies would say to Wendy's mum, um, you need to burn these tops that your children are wearing, they're wrong, they're evil, you need to throw out these toys. You need to throw out this music. It became very legalistic. In other words, nothing goes unless I say so was the approach. And one day Wendy's mum said, But the Bible says this. And the leader of this group said, This is really telling. I don't care what the Bible says. This is what I want. And at that point, Wendy's mum said, That's it. I'm over with this group. And um, a number of events happened. Sadly, Wendy's dad passed away, but. Uh, Her mum and family came to Palmerston North, and that's where I met Wendy. And uh, so there we go. That's wonderful. And also I found out about wardrobe stories as well too, Sheridan, because since you touched on it, can I share this? (laughs) It's okay, darling. Don't worry. You know, I mean, blokes' blokes wardrobes are like this, I know, and and, and women tend to be... (laughs) (laughs) And the amazing thing is when they hop up in the morning and go, look at all this, they go, I've got nothing to wear. (laughs) But I'm so pleased for the script that's happening, Jim, because 12 items, 40 costumes, there's always going to be something to wear, which is good. So legalism, it's, it's, it's a nasty thing. There's some other examples of legalism that can, can happen, and they can affect life in the church, and I trust there's nobody here. But people could, uh, you know, 20 years ago, say so the only version in the Bible you can read is the KJV, the King James Version. It's a great version if you love it. Fantastic, but to take the stance it is the only version is a legalistic approach that sucks life from people. It's just not healthy. And on the other side of it, over here, we've got a—it's um, a big long word. I'm just going to call it anything goes. Yeah, because I can't spell it this year. Anything goes. Anything, thank you. Anything goes, just you say so. Anything goes, you just say so. And so typical examples of that, and, and what I've found is I've looked at this, this legalistic approach. There's nothing goes unless I say so. When you look at conflicts in the Eastern world, that's how it looks like. You must do as I say. In other words, you'll lose your hand or you could lose your head. Over in the West, anything goes. Just as you say, you can do whatever you want, however you want. And these two things try and creep into the church. And this sort of attitude, guess what it produces? Apathy. Apathy. And at its very core, it can say, and Christians, and I trust nobody here is like this, could say, oh, I can sleep with a prostitute, Jesus has died with me, anything goes. But here's the truth of the matter. And this is what I want us to focus on today. Jesus said in uh, John 1, 17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus, Jesus Christ. And if you pervert the truth, you're going to end up in legalism. And if you run wild with grace, you'll go with anything goes. And God wants us to walk and live on this track of grace and truth. So we stay well away from legalism. Doesn't matter what Bible version you read. Obviously, it needs to be correct. But whether it's KJV, NLT, NIV, do whatever you enjoy. Doesn't matter. But over here, where anything goes, she'll be right, haphazard. This kills the purpose that God wants to do in his church. And this is the danger zone that we all need to watch. And I want us today to really say, okay, I've been part of this. I'm moving off that track today, and I'm moving on to this track. This is a good track. This is the track that God wants us to live on. And the key to working on this track is obedience. I choose to obey Jesus. That's what I'm all about. I choose to obey Jesus. And these are the subtle things that can happen. And they're very, very subtle. We can say, I'm all about worship. And worship is really, really good. I love worshiping God. Well, I'm all about the prophetic. And guess what? The prophetic's really, really good. But when you get to heaven and you rock up there and you say, where is somebody I can prophesy to? doesn't matter because everybody knows everything. Or if there's somebody who's sick, and where are the sick that I can lay hands and heal them? It doesn't matter because everybody is well. What God is looking for is this thing called obedience, And obedience is this rock-solid thing of the way that I respond to God. So when we come into a church environment, the Scriptures say, lift your hands and give thanks. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to obey what the Scriptures say. It's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. I'm going to lift my voice, and I'm going to speak praises to God. Can I say what I'm about to say? You won't be offended if I say what I'm about to say? Maybe, but okay. Can I say this? When we come to church, when we're in an environment that people have done a lot of work to express their worship to God, don't stand there with, like this with your mouth shut. Speak and praise God. Do you know what I dream to see in our worship? Everybody with their hands raised and their mouths open. Praising God. That's where God wants us to be. God has set us free to know this sort of liberty. That's where he wants us to be. And I don't say that to offend anybody. Is anybody offended by that? No, good. So can I encourage us? When we come to church, let's be ready to raise our hands to worship him. Let's be ready to speak and declare the praises of God. Do you know what? Jesus said this when he was coming in Jerusalem, if these people don't praise me and saying Hosanna, guess what? The stones will. Wouldn't it be funny if we came in here one day and these steel beams said, I'm going to praise God. And away they go. And this, that would be weird, wouldn't it, Sheridan? But we need to be people that express praise to God because we live on this track. Not an easy grace where we're apathetic We need to switch on a zeal for the Lord. A zeal that says, yes, I'm going to engage and I'm going to connect with God and I'm going to make this moment the best moment I can with Jesus. Whatever happens, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. This track of walking on grace and truth takes a bit of working out. We don't do it in five minutes. Um, and here's what, I, what I've learned about it. That's why I've left this other bit here for my next drawing. <laughs> I learnt that from Grant. <laughs> As you know, Pastor Sheridan said, I, I haven't wanted to broadcast it in case I wouldn't complete it, but uh, I've been learning Hebrew this year. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. I find it really challenging, but it's really, really good. Um, I'm going to write up a word for you, and I don't expect anybody to know it. You may or may not. It's the word Malak, Malak, and it means king. And it's a beautiful word, and unlike our language, every letter in Hebrew has a story. Every letter has a name every letter has this beautiful story to tell the closest language to this english certainly is not would be the chemical language sodium chloride which equals salt and uh, sodium by itself is pretty explosive and chlorine by itself is pretty toxic but when you put them together you've got table salt which makes things taste really really good and it's a lovely picture of a man and a woman coming together isn't it But, um, (laughs) well, I don't know. (laughs) At least you're awake this morning. I'm pleased about that. (laughs) I'll get back to my drawing, shall I? So this is really, really good. (laughs) Where was I up to? (laughs) Here, Here we go. This word Malak means king and it's got a wonderful story to tell and, and this is the story that I want us to get hold of today. This word, this first letter Mem means the one who draws wisdom, knowledge from God. Who lives out of knowledge, who lives from a perspective of God's wisdom. This next letter means emotion. And this last letter means your body. In particular, it means your palm, means your hand. And so what God is saying, a king is a person who lives from the wisdom of God, that impacts their emotion, fills them with zeal, so they do the things of God. That's what a king is, who's connected into God, who's filled, whose emotions are powered out of that knowledge, who then does things. The word chaos It takes those two letters and swaps them around. And that means somebody who, rather than living from the wisdom of God, is living out of their own emotion, out of just doing whatever they want to, whenever, however. It's a bit like this. And it causes chaos. And it causes things not to function as God wants us to function. So this thing about obedience, God wants you and I to live as kings, with a kingly mindset, with a kingdom mindset. And as we allow the kingdom of God to fill us, as we obey Him, as we yield to Him, as we open ourselves to Him, the kingdom of God uh, pushes out everything that's not of His kingdom. And so when the scripture opens up, whatever happens, dear brothers and sisters, give thanks or rejoice in the Lord, this is a key thing that God is saying, Will you obey me? Will you build your life on a pattern of grace and truth? Because the truth is we need to obey the Scripture. The truth is we can't do that by ourselves. We need the grace and we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to rejoice, to give thanks in all circumstances. But this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying when we run into real hard difficulties that we should be just mindless people. They're going, I'm rejoicing in God. There are things that are really tough in life. There are things that are really challenging in life. Paul said, We're not rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. But here's the thing when there are, we have a choice, and Viktor Frankl said this, he was in the concentration uh, camps in, in Germany. He said, One of the last, well, the last freedom that can be taken from a person is the freedom to choose, the freedom to choose. And every one of us has this free gift to choose. And so when we're faced with whatever happens in our lives, whether they're really highs or real lows, we have the choice to either focus on those or turn around here and go, I'm focusing on you, Lord. That's the choice. I'm going to live with a kingdom mindset, with a kingly mindset that I'm going to say, yes, Lord, I'm anchoring myself in the truth of who you are. And here's what I found. This has been my journey. It's taken me a long time to learn it. But I want to encourage you, and here's the thing. I expect you to go on this journey. I expect you to walk this path of obedience, because why? It's good for you. It's really, really good. And I don't want anybody to miss out on it, because it's God's best for you. But it's your choice. But I hope you choose to do it, because it's a good choice. And it's a choice as a church we need to go on. So in in 1 Thessalonians 5, um, 18, from five sixteen, it actually says, Rejoice always, similar to um, Philippians 3, 1, Rejoice in the Lord, pray at all times, give thanks in all circumstances. When I read that verse many, many years ago, I decided, all right, Lord, I don't understand it, why I should give thanks in all circumstances, but I choose to obey. I'm going to obey what your word says. So I began to give thanks. When circumstances weren't good, I wasn't thanking God for lousy circumstances. I was thanking God in spite of those circumstances. God, you're good, and your goodness will be greater than those circumstances. And that's the key that God wants us to step in. That's the key we need to rejoice and be glad in. So giving thanks to God, rejoicing in the Lord in spite of those things. And guess what? those things became smaller and smaller and smaller. And God became bigger and bigger and bigger. But if I had done this, oh, this really sucks. This is really awful. This is terrible. That would get bigger and bigger and bigger. And God would get smaller and smaller and smaller. And Paul says, rejoice in the Lord, my dear brothers and sisters, so it may safeguard your faith. Your faith is safeguarded by rejoicing and giving thanks in God. So if you look at all the problems and go, these are bigger, 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 your faith will get smaller and smaller and smaller. But God says, take your eye off that. Don't." Uh, um, we're not saying it's not a reality because it's true, but make God bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in your situation, and it will crowd out that stuff. That's the invitation that the Lord gives us in. That takes time to work out. It's a struggle. It's a wrestle to happen with. But if we don't go on this journey, guess what happens? And I see this happen too many times, that people's faith gets shipwrecked and get challenged with it. And this is why it's important, mums and dad, to have these take-home questions and discuss them with your children to get spiritual dialogue happening. Because there's too many young teenagers, and I know the challenge of my own family, go, something bad happens. Something bad happens. And they either answer it through a legalistic viewpoint or an anything goes uh, viewpoint. If you answer it through a legalistic viewpoint, when something bad happens, you can respond, I'm not good enough. If I had worked harder, if I had given myself better to this, then that event may not have happened. And then over on this side, the person says, well, if God was good enough, that event wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have lost my job. That person wouldn't have got ill and died if God was good. The truth is, the Scriptures say God is good. That's the truth that we build on. And the grace is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that allows us to live in the reality that God is good, even when things around us are not good. And that's how God wants us to live. And that's what I want to encourage us, church, that we live in this growth of grace and truth. God is good, that's the truth, and the empowerment of his Holy Spirit that we go, yes, that's the obedience that I'm walking on. And I'm not going to get caught in legalism, and I'm not going to get caught in anything goes where apathy lives. I'm going to walk on this pathway, because hallelujah, Jesus lives there, and everybody's having a good time with Jesus. Isn't that good? Are you sure it's good? Okay, good. I'm going to read you a prophetic word. Uh, this was given by um, Tash Ku, sent to Pastor Sheridan uh, last night. And um, it's a word that really encourages us to walk on this obedience, on prayer. I, I think to really get out of this place here of apathy. And you know, when, I've been thinking a lot how do you get out of apathy? And uh, Jesus talks to the church Laodicea and. Uh, the church that's neither hot nor cold, and he says, I'll spew you out. He says, repent and be zealous. Turn on the zeal switch. Begin to respond again. Have a change of thinking. So um, let's listen to this prophetic word that that Tashku sent through last night. So here it goes. To the church for the nation, my children wake up. Do you not weep for Zion? You cry out for revival, and yet you spend your days in slumber. You claim to be starving whilst living off the fat of the land. Wake up. The time of apathy and indecision has passed. Now it is time to fight. Pick up your sword and clothe yourself in the armor I have given you. Stop longing to return to Egypt. The past is gone, and I am doing a new thing in this land. Wake up. It is time to be as gentle as lambs but as cunning as serpents. It is time to quit your complaining, your in-house fighting, and your sleeping on the job. Wake up and draw near. I am doing a new thing. Trim your wicks, fill your lanterns, for the time is near. It is almost upon you. Wake up and fight. My grace is sufficient. My mercy is great. I hear the cry of your heart. It will br- I will bring peace to the nation. I will heal your land and bring new zeal. But first you must wake up and fight. Fight on your knees in prayer. Fight for your workplace, your schools, your government. Put actions to your prayers and fight for your children, your neighbors, your family, and friends. Now is the time. Wake up and fight. Isn't that a challenge? Yeah. So, church, I want to really encourage us. Let's, the call to prayer that Pastor Sheridan is championing so wonderfully well that we here. heard, prophetically from Pastor Steve McCracken over two years. And before, uh, two years ago, Pastor Don Lake came and shared this call to pray. And it's not that we've been ha- we haven't, but there's this continual call to step up and to step in to the fullness that God has for us. And I shared this, I think, last week, uh, where the Lord said in, the, in, in Genesis 1 and 2, He said it's good eight or nine times. At one time, He said it's good, it's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone from the house of prayer. Just not good. It's good for us to be in. It's good for us to be engaged. It's good for us to be involved in praying and seeking God together. And that starts at, at home, of course, but it also starts when we gather together to pray. And so I want to really encourage you to come along to the Tuesday gatherings for prayer. at 7.30 to 8.30. They're incredible times. If you haven't been, can I please appeal to you, come along and be part of it. God wants to cause us and call us to be this wonderful house of prayer, this city set on a hill. And I want to encourage you with this answer of prayer that happened for Wendy and I uh, four weeks ago. Um, Not every one of my prayers is answered. God sometimes says no, sometimes he says wait, and sometimes he says here it is. So my son had completed his auto-electrical apprenticeship at the end of December. We were really pleased for him. He decided, we had a quite some discussion about it, that he wanted to go on and study, um, further study as a mechanic. So we said, great. So he went to a number of shops, and uh, they were really open, but one said, look, we can't do anything for six or nine months. Uh, this other place he went to, said, yep, we can do something. And uh, time was going on. And I got up this particular morning, and do you ever get a little bit of incense and go, I've had enough? I, I want this thing sorted out now. That's how I was. And you know, some of us need to get that in our spirit. I want this sorted out now. Moves the frost from here into this groove here, that we can live our best life on the good track. So I said, it was a quarter past seven in the morning, and I was praying. I said, Lord, I've had enough. I want this job situation sorted out for my son today. And I want it now, Lord. And I felt the Lord saying, keep praying that way, Ray. I like it. Keep going. So I did. I prayed that way, and so I I finished praying soon after that. Within 10 minutes, 25 past seven, the phone went. So I picked it up and said, "Hello, good morning." And this a voice on the other end, uh, who I didn't recognize, said, "Uh, "Good morning. Can I please speak uh, with Tom?" And I thought, "Okay, I don't know who that is." So I took the phone to Tom. He had a conversation, and that ended. And I said, "What was that all about?" He said, "Well, I've been invited." To um, go to this this company, they want to offer me a job. And I thought, yes, yeah, praise God. And and so, God has his arsenal, he has his absolute desire. I believe heaven and his angels are just sitting on the edge of heaven going, oh, I can't wait to get involved. Church, get praying, God gets released. The kingdom of God comes from heaven to earth and lives are changed and lives are transformed. And guess what? A real important key for you and me is to obey what the Lord is saying and to get out of anything of legalism and to truth, to get out of easy grace onto a a track where we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And here's what's the main focus on that track. It's not whether the earth is round or whether the earth goes round the sun. It's not about the toys that you play with. It's not about whether you read a King James Bible or not. There's one central thing on this. Jesus died and he rose again. That's the central focus that God has called us to live. And so church, I wanted to really encourage us. Let's be a people that walk in the grace and the truth, knowing that we are kings with Jesus. He's the King of Kings, but He's called us to walk this route with Him. Isn't that good? Okay, why don't you stand to your feet as we close our time this morning. There's a song that goes, Have I Told You Lately That I Love You? And um, don't worry, Wendy, I'm not going to sing it. But I I really want to say to your church, um, we really love you. We really do. We think you're wonderful. Thank you for calling Activate Church your home. And thank you for being part of us, Pastor Sheridan, Jan, Winnie and myself and the, the wider leadership team to see the house of prayer built in this place. I really believe God has significant things for us in the days ahead. And our ability, our willingness to obey to the call to pray will be instrumental in releasing the hand of God. And today is one of these days to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to put my hand up and say, I will obey. I will press in. This call to prayer is just not an accidental prophetic call. It's coming, and it's continuing to come, and it's continuing to come. And uh, so we need to be continually responsive to what God is saying. So, So while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if you're here this morning and you don't know what it is to have a personal relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know what it is to walk on this uh, this track of grace and truth, to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to learn from you. I want to be like you. But rather you've been going your own way, doing your own thing. But you're saying today, I want to go your way, Jesus. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to walk in obedience to you. If that's you this morning, while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, can you give me a wave? cool. If you're here today and maybe you've been tutoring on the legalistic side or tutoring on the, this apathetic side, but you're saying Jesus I want to walk in a fresh commitment of obedience to you, knowing the truth that you're good and powered by the grace of your Holy Spirit. If that's you this morning can you give me a wave and say yes Lord I want to walk in fresh obedience that's great that's awesome, fantastic Father, we thank you for the incredible privilege it is, Lord, to live under the gaze of your smile. And Father, I thank you that Jesus came by grace and truth, that, Lord, you are good. You are exceedingly good beyond what we can even think or imagine. Father, I pray that, Lord, as we would step with fresh zeal and fresh further into Lord, knowing who you are. Lord, wanting to obey you. Lord, pressing into prayer. Lord, not because we have to, but because we know that you are good. And your goodness, Lord, you're desiring it to be released upon the earth. And you've designed it that it's done through prayer. So I pray, Lord, let us be a people that would seek your face, would cry out to you, would praise you and pray, Lord, to you, empowered by your spirit. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Pray, have your way, and your name be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Thank you, church.
2: Great message, eh? Just before you go, the train tracks, this walk of obedience... What, what we do is the, the walk of obedience grows us into people of character and if we're not prepared to walk the obedience of character we just live as people of emotion and emotion causes us to swing from side to side extremes but as we grow as people of character it keeps that tension in our faith which keeps us on the track so it's really yeah we can go if you want. it's really really important Give her another hand. That's a great message. You know, another thing for me is, often um, part of the biggest challenge for us is to really discern the will of God, isn't it? You know, sometimes you feel like he could be saying this or he could be saying that, and we're really, uh, you're trying to listen, you're trying to navigate, you're trying to do the best you can, be obedient. Well, I I think we're living in this incredible season as a church in the moment because God's been so clear what He's asked us to do. There's no ambiguity in it whatsoever. It's just really clear. He said, you know, there are two tracks for us at the moment. There's global mission and there's prayer. Well, that's quite cool. I can live with that. Everything, global mission is Matthew 28. Everything flows out of that and prayer. So much is there. So this is a time to really celebrate because God's, you know, apathy. You could go, well, I don't really know what I should be doing, but that's not the case. He's made it abundantly clear what we should be doing. So we can do it, eh? That's awesome. I love that. Anyway, having said that, you can choose to be apathetic with these missions cards and not put them in. Or you could get your pen out You could pull them out of the seat in front of you. You could write on them and put them in the boxes at the door, which would be a great response to Pastor Ray's message this morning. And he worked really hard on that. So, no, I'm not going there. It's getting a bit manipulative. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, the take-home question today, if you're a parent, is does God heal today? That should stir some good conversation over lunch. Does God heal today? Also, another reminder if you're visiting with us today, there's guest bags in the foyer. Please be purposed with your giving at the um, giving stations in the foyer. And let me pray for you as we go into our week. I wonder what is going to be unleashed on our city this week as you go into it. It's a good question to ponder over lunch. Father thank you for your church thank you that we get to do life together thank you that we get to grow in you and we get to encourage one another iron sharpens iron all those kind of things we get to do it together Lord and I ask that as we go into this week wherever we are and whenever we're there we would be like Jesus Father as we connect with one another during the week may we be quick to encourage and lift up despite what circumstances may appear to be May we be always having a word of thanksgiving, a word of encouragement on our tongues, I pray, in Jesus' name. So, Father, as we go, let us go with a great sense of your favor, sense of your blessing on our lives for us to impart and pass on to others, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for coming out today. Have a great afternoon, great week. See you Tuesday night, 7.30. Oh, tonight, 6 p.m., Peter's speaking. It's going to be fantastic. Then, Tuesday, 7.30...